Jackie Hill Perry, she has something that she talks about reading your Bible and praying in terms of with your children. And one thing that she talks about was, you know, she's like, I don't read my Bible on my phone. She goes, how do my kids know that I'm reading my Bible versus playing Candy Crush? Welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi. I'm the pastor to single adults and men, and I am joined today by Bryce McGuire, student pastor. Hey, oh, Good to have you, sir. Thank and you. And then Josh Rink, our pastor of Kids Life. Hello, hello. Good. That, that's, that's good. I like we're just, that. We'll just, just make that See official. Right, good. I like so it. yours is hey Heyo. And yours is hello, hello. All right. I, uh, I need to come up with one. All right. Well, hey, we're excited today. We're talking about parenting. So we've, we've lately, we've talked to students, uh, we've talked to young adults, and we've talked about the different um, difficulties in our modern world that they're facing. And so kind of today we, we wanted to transition into, okay, well, how are parents supposed to feel about all this? What if they have um, younger kids um, or students or as they're transitioning into college and in, into my ministry? Um, how are they supposed to feel about all this? What are some things they can do to kind of prep? What are some things they need to uh, do to look out for um, all that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And then even how do they partner with the church mm-hmm. in this? So uh, that's our topic for today. So I kind of just want to start out um, with talking about difficulties and what are some of the greatest difficulties you hear from parents today and what are some steps that can be de- taken to help them. And I want to talk to uh, you first, Josh. We're, we'll go in an age-graded fashion here, starting with kids' life. And, and so what are some difficulties that, that you see? Yeah, you know, it's really cool. I just thought about like this is our whole next gen team mm-hmm. <laughs> right here from birth all the way up to, well, Tra- adulthood and sure. all the transitions <laughs> yeah. that go there. How, how do we describe how do we that? Describe we that? need to come up with a, a catchphrase <laughs> like for we that. A, yeah, we, I feel like we need a better like mm. river type yeah, description. Yeah, because usually so. say people birth to, to the grave or something, and we don't want to, that's not the next gen <laughs> From diapers time. to diapers. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, oh, man, sorry. Josh, is, Jacob is going to be busy editing this. So, that's awesome. Uh, that's great. All right, um, so difficulties though. We're talking about yes, difficulties. Um, so, so with parents today, one of the biggest things that we just hear over and over again is our just the word anxiety. Mm-hmm. I mean, just saying that word just kind of makes you <laughs> just a little anxious itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we could even say like anxiety, we don't want to confuse anxiety with fear. You know, anxiety, you know, fear is in the moment. You know, anxiety is the things that we can anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, when we start letting our brain just run free, we're, we're just going to fill on every little nook and cranny mm-hmm. with all the things that could happen. You know, while we're recording this season in a pandemic, there's all kinds of what ifs that are mm-hmm. going on right now. And that was, but there were so many what ifs, you know, pre pandemic. Yeah. You know, too, as well. You know, we really see just the, just this overwhelming state with our parents. They, they feel like too much is too much. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how do I respond? Which causes breakdowns, mm-hmm. you know, it causes uh, to shut down. Um, and, and, and to isolate, which creates all these other feelings that come with. So, you know, just this this overwhelming, what do I do? And that's just, you know, with with jobs, you know, that's uh, sports and things. We haven't even talked about really their kids yet, you know. Right. And, and, you know, and the more kids you have with all the different personalities that just mm-hmm. it, it just creates a lot. 
So there's so many times I just feel like that comes up with when I ask parents, how can I pray for you? You know, how can I help you? I just like, I just, I just need to feel some relief. I just feel overwhelmed. Yeah. That's pretty consistent with uh, when we talk to students and young adults was the anxiety, things like that, that are just ranking right up there with difficulties today. So definitely something parents need to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And, and part of this, this overwhelm, you know, really has to do a lot with the next thing is it's it's, it's a calendar, <laughs> um, just overload. Mm-hmm. Um, it really comes down, a balance of time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. is really what it comes down to. They're like, because I was here, I just don't have enough time. Like, mm-hmm. I want to... I want to help my kids and I want to show them stuff, but I don't have enough time, yeah. you know, and, and I'm going to say something. I, it's, it's, it's just going to be to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, parents, the reason your calendar is so full is because you've allowed it to get that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that, that sounds really harsh, but I have to think about that myself. When mm-hmm. I start thinking about how busy I get, I'm like, who filled in the calendar? Mm-hmm. I did. You know, I, I I can ask Siri to do that, but but it's me. Mm. You know, it, it's me that's doing that. So remember, you control the calendar. It does not control you. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we have to say a word. And I know you're thinking, well, what if my kids? That you know, we have to make it to all these practices, these games, these things that we do, or I have to do this and I have to do that. You know, there is. A really beautiful word, Obi. Mm. <laughs> There's a beautiful word that we can say. I know where you're going. I like this word. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a short word. It's an easy word. It's no. It's a complete sentence, too. It is. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, period. And, and it sounds bad. You're like, I want them to do, you know, um, uh, Josh Straub, who does the, um, uh, I just blanked on it. It'll hit me in a minute. But they're, they're, they're parents, and he's actually came to the church back stuff, yeah. back when. But he is one of the most brilliant minds, like, with it. You know, something that he said that's always resounded, he goes, they have multiple kids in their household. He goes, we'll allow our kids to do one activity a year, mm-hmm. whether that's one sport. So if they, if they go gymnastics, he goes, they're in gymnastics. And it's not spring gymnastics, fall gymnastics. Mm-hmm. It's You pick one, and there it is. Mm. And you can practice, and we'll go work on the mat, and we'll yeah. do stuff, but that's it. We've just learned because when stuff comes up, hey, do you want to do the winter one? No, mm-hmm. because that's time for our family. And we draw, he goes, we have to draw the boundaries as a parent. Yeah. Um, and, then, you know, then the last thing is, you know, for us, I'm sorry, I've taken up a lot of time. I'm like, still talking mm-hmm. about difficulties, just reminding people. Right. And, you know, as the last thing mm-hmm. is, is, and I, and I think we'll all hit on this is our, our technology. Yeah. Um, there's so much with electronics. And that really the big thing I hear is not just so much devices as it is the apps. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many apps and I agree there, there are millions, mm-hmm. you know, on your phone. And it's like, where do, how do I learn about this stuff? I feel like my kid brings up something new every single week. How do I keep up? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are some great resources that are out there. One, yes, become familiar with the apps it, you know, and their weird names and what they do. Mm-hmm. And even because in every app, there's a dark corner you know, learn more about that. Focus on the family is a great if resource. If you don't know what it does, then again, that word no is a yeah. good one. You, you mm-hmm. can, you pay for your kid's phone. Yeah. So guess what? Yeah. You can control your kid's phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yes. So I'm sure y'all have plenty of things. Yeah. To say. Students aren't too dissimilar from that. I mean, it, you know, in terms of difficulties parents face, but definitely um, time and technology are, are two of the biggest ones. And, you know, I, my thing is, I think, like I, we we do a lot of student events. Don't get me wrong. Um, I 
I hope we don't overwhelm people's calendars, but I want to create a lot of opportunities for community, for um, for them to experience Christ in a way that they just maybe couldn't, you know, otherwise, and um, to bring their lost friends and that kind of stuff. But what happens in the home is 10 times more important than what we do in one weekend, you know, with a student ministry event. Those can be life-changing, those can be powerful, but I think they're oftentimes so powerful because it's not happening in their day-to-day life. Mm. I would rather a student miss an event but know that they have a daily Bible study, right? Daily prayer time, Um, that family reinforcement, you know, at home, like this is important, this is valuable, right? I think sometimes we missing something occasionally, right, does not mean you don't love Jesus. And attending everything doesn't mean you also love Jesus, right? right? Mm-hmm. It's what it's what happens at home, and um, and I think for parents, I think that's the most important thing when you're talking about time, right? You you can't come to every church event. You're just not going to be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of great ministries who do a lot of great things, and if you did that, that that would be your whole life, right? Instead of right. traveling for soccer, you're traveling for the church. Right. But in saying that. You know, it's it's not really what happens as much at the church as what's happening at home. The church, at least for me, like as a youth pastor, like um, like I don't want to be your child's spiritual like leader. Like I, I want you to be their spiritual leader. I want you to disciple them. Mm-hmm. I want me to be the person that comes along and just reinforces and agrees with all the things that you're already building up at home. Um, so, but time is definitely one of those things. But at the same time, how often? Do we just sit at home, all of us on the couch, on our own devices, watching our own shows, mm. playing our own games, doing our own it's things? True. It's true. We have the time for it. And then technology, right along with that, most parents have no idea. I mean, you say dark corners, but man, like there are some really dark stuff that happens. And I think there's there's either two responses a lot of times. There's either shut down everything, right? No technology for my child whatsoever, mm-hmm. or they just have full free reign. There's not a lot of balance i feel like for parents with this um and i say that from the perspective like i don't have a lot of balance in my own life sometimes i tend to fall into one extreme or the other um so i can understand from a parent perspective when you don't understand what's happening um how do you allow their your child to have use but not spend too much time on it how do you set up safety guards so that they don't fall into different things stuff like that but yeah i just say you you gotta know um like there is some really bad stuff on netflix and hulu and there's some really bad apps that your children download that everyone has. Um, and the answer, the word no. Like my parents told me no to a lot of things. I wasn't allowed to have MySpace, mm-hmm. right? I I had one, but uh, <laughs> that's don't do don't do as I do did, right? Do as I say in this tense. Like you know, obey your parents if you're watching this, kids. But these are my confessions. <laughs> these are my confessions to you. But but those are two really big difficulties I think parents face. Yeah. So uh, thinking about time. Um, and so you've both kind of touched on it and the idea of a busy calendar uh, that we allow that to happen. And so I do think that sometimes um, people are very quick to cut something out and it's usually church and, mm-hmm. and God's things. And they'll they'll allow all sorts of other things. Oh, my kids in a musical uh, band or whatever, yeah. or my kids in sports. And so I'll cut church out. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage people to invest yeah. in the thing that actually will help their kid's soul. So uh, on that, I will mm-hmm. just say, you may not feel it as much in like preschool, elementary, junior high, but you start, parents start to get to later high school and young adults. I've not really had a lot of parents who regretted having their kids in church. Right. I've had a lot of parents who have regretted not making church more of a priority. I just meant when I said totally what I was saying, I just meant, you know, but what happens at home, that's also Yeah, really I wanted to provide too. a balance because yeah, I heard yeah. a lot of good insight from both of you. And I, and I think there's 
Uh, so by the time I get people's children, they're not children anymore. They're young mm-hmm. adults. And so they have a little less say over what goes on in their life. Yeah. And so when I get them, I've been contacted by parents who will say, um, you know, my kid just doesn't care about their faith. They're apathetic about their faith. And mm-hmm. so what I would have loved is for them to, instead of contacting me, to have started with you all mm-hmm. and say, hey, what do I need to do to have my child or student have a sincere relationship with Christ early yeah. on? Um, and not to say it's too late once you get to me. Yeah. It's, it's certainly yeah. not. We have a, a great community of young believers that yeah. love to pour into them. Um, but to start early of putting God's things first, yeah. and like you said, in the home, but then also cutting things out so yeah. that they can yeah. be part of God's things at church. As a parent, what you prioritize is what your child will pursue. Yeah. Right? And so when they pursue the things of the world, it's probably because that's what was per- prioritized to them growing up. But if they pursue Jesus... You know, and that's not always 100% of the time, but, you know, if you prioritize Jesus in your home and in your family, right. like, you're setting your children up for success long term. Because Amen. think about what we often say to our children, uh, and I say this a lot, um, and so I'm, my kids are at the age where they're getting into sports and things, and just statistically, they're unlikely to go professional in sports, right? And so if I say to my children that sport that you play is more important than going to church— and by the way, in like 10 years, you'll probably never play it again other than mm-hmm. pickup ball, uh, playing for fun. And that thing is more important than God. Well, then how important is God? Mm-hmm. So so having that perspective of it. Um, so then you all talked about electronics as well, and I think that's an important one. Uh, my wife and I did really good with our first two children. And then our third child has cystic fibrosis. I've mm-hmm. confessed that before here. Um, and so he'll have to just sit there for... Uh, twice a day for sometimes an hour at a time with a, a vest on that kind of uh, shakes up things in his lungs mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it's like, well, he's just sitting there hooked to a machine. What do you do? And so we let him much earlier start to like watch cartoons on a, a tablet or something. And so we've noticed with him, he has a lot more draw to those types of things. And yeah. so we've had to really cut back. Uh, um, of course, there's security things. Parents be aware of, of uh, what your mm-hmm. children are getting on. We have it set up to where um, any device my kids have goes through my phone. Yep. And so I know if they try to download something, yep. it comes to me for permission, stuff like that. Uh, they get Chromebooks for school now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they'd love to just go sit off in their room alone with a Chromebook. No. Uh, the rule in my house is if you're going to be on an electronic device, you'll be around people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to do that. So there's Good lots rule. of different um, things that could get into place. But what I wanted to talk to is the biblical principle of discipline, right? So whether mm-hmm. it's electronics, attitude, apathy, whatever it may be, just starting that early, the idea of discipline. And I'm going to read from Proverbs 13, verse 24, and also uh, chapter 23, verse 13. It says this, The one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. And then Proverbs 23 says, Don't withhold discipline from a youth if you punish him with a rod. He will not die. I love that. (laughs) I love that phrase. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, of course, there's plenty in the Bible about don't provoke your child to wrath. Right. And uh, and I even think of Dr. Dobson from Folks on the Family who often said um, that you should spank with something like a spoon, something like that, not your hand so your child doesn't fear your hand. There's all sorts of guidance with that. But the principle I'm trying to get to is discipline. It is a good thing. Um, and, and discipline can mean a lot of different things. It can be the corrective action mm-hmm. that parents need to do. 
Don't be afraid to do that kind of thing. Yeah. The word no is a form of discipline. It's saying that I, I'm going to correct your action. You want to do mm. this. I'm saying, no, that's not possible. Or, or you shouldn't do that. I'm not allowing that. So whether that's with electronics, whether it's with sports, mm-hmm. whether it's with making time to have daily devotion with God, making time to have those spiritual conversations, have discipline in your family. And that is a hard thing. But if we don't have discipline, then things can go crazy. Our calendar can get full. Our our child can, uh, you'll end up calling me as a parent. And I'm not trying to make someone ashamed if they have Mm -hmm. to talk to me. I I care about your student um, or your young adult. But you may have to have that conversation with me that, hey, Obi, my kids at this school, and they're really getting influenced by this doctrine, and and I'm wishing now I'd had them in church more and had them in their word mm-hmm. more. And and I'm saying if you're listening right now and you have young children, then make it a point to make God's things a priority. Yep, make absolutely. that a priority. And so then uh, Hebrews 12, 11, I'll, I'll kind of leave it with this, says, No discipline seems enjoyable at the time. Well, I think we agree with that. Yeah. But painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Discipline is not a fun thing. Um, I've, I don't like to spank my kids. I do on occasion. I used to spank them more. I just don't like it, and I try not to do it in anger. What I really enjoy is I like to make my kids do bear crawls through the house. <laughs> if uh, you get sassy, then uh, go ahead, get on your hands and feet, and bear crawl do front some up door, downs or something like that. That's right. That's awesome. And, and for some reason, that's a lot of fun for me. I don't, I don't know why I enjoy <laughs> it so much. Uh, my kids don't always seem to. But all right, anything to add on that for difficulties? The only thing I could think of is we we threw out like the first thing we talked about was, you know, anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and being overwhelmed. And then I just, you know, we just kind of threw out some things like, oh, well, you, you know, you have to be more on top of your your kids, what they're mm-hmm. doing on their phone. So I feel like, you know, we just gave like 10 more, more tasks, you yeah. know, that I have to do in my house. You know, this is where we have to prioritize. I mean. I'm a parent myself. We probably could have said this. I'm a parent of of one. Um, you know, I have a six year old at home right now. Um, you know, it is it is a lot of work. I mean, I mean, it honestly is. And and but there is some things that we have to make a decision for me to lead Elliot. I have to. I mean, I am actively involved, and it's working. And when I I'm gonna have one kid. Ob, you have three. You know, to have. I do. Yeah, that's right. I forget something. Oh, that's right. Not four? No, not four. (laughs) I'm just messing. No surprise announcement. Sorry, Sorry, go ahead, Um, Josh. But the the, the big thing is is to know, like, I mean, when I lay I'm tired. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm tired. I'm working, yes. But I know that by by doing the things and staying on, I know that that was worthy work. And I know that, you know, when when I sit with kids and I show them, when we talk about baptism and we talk about things, you know, I always make sure the parents are there. And I get the privilege of looking at the parents with the with the child sitting there. And I get to say, hey, guess what? You know, uh, guess what, um, little girl? You're, I look at the parents and I say, they did not get the title mom and dad unless God gave it to them. Mm-hmm. And with that comes a job description. And the job description the first thing is leading and shepherding and being the primary disciple maker in the home. Mm-hmm. That is biblical. Mm-hmm. Yep. And with that comes work. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And, and that's what we want to see. So we're not trying to overwhelm you or just to say sports are bad <laughs> and, right, sure. you know, and do these things. There yeah. are benefits to them all. What we are really saying here, we see the difficulty. And sometimes these difficulties happen because the priorities shift. Right. So what you're saying then should actually minimize anxiety because there should be a simplification as we realign our priorities behind our primary duty, which is to disciple our family. And if that's the priority, if that's the, th the goal, if, if I see, hey, maybe my kid won't make it to the Major League Baseball, uh, maybe they won't be a Major League Baseball player, but they know Jesus, yep. right? So if we take the pressures of the world off mm -hmm. and we just think, man, I'm just going to I'm going to raise them to know Jesus, and that's going to be my priority. We can focus on some other things, too. I want them to do good in school. I want them to be able to experience some sports and things like that, but my priority is Jesus. And so if you do that, that is such a simplification that should really reduce anxiety. Absolutely. So good word, Josh. Absolutely. You have anything that profound, jo uh, Bryson? <laughs> no? All right. No, I'm all good. Right. That's good. Sorry. I just uh, love to throw a zing occasionally. It's all good. All right. So the next one, we'll talk about hope. Um, so we, we start off with difficulties, right? Yeah. We don't want to just leave it with difficulties. We want to talk about hope. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about what we're seeing today and what uh, hope mm -hmm. parents could have. So what is a message of hope you see with children, students nowadays yeah. that you can offer to parents? I think it's been really amazing in all three of our ministries in different ways. I feel like we've seen, you know, forms of revival breaking out. Like Josh is, you know, you've been able to, you know, like you've seen kids in your ministry save, baptize. Actually, we all have seen yeah. students, mm -hmm. people in our ministry save, baptize here recently, mm -hmm. um, specifically. And, you know, for the youth, for the students, like there's really, I don't know, 2020 has just, I feel like for a lot of them really actually made them stronger and bolder in their faith. Mm. It's the weirdest thing. You'd think that in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a difficulty, right, that they would just, you know, withdraw or back down. And some, you know, just like everything in life, some have and some will. And I'm not judging those students by any means. But mm. overall, I think just in young people in general, students, there's this sense of desire for something real and authentic in their life. I think it's been there, but I think yeah. 2020 just ex exacerbated that. Yeah. And, you know, we're seeing like new students come every single week to our, our ministry. Um, we're seeing just like real like work being done in their hearts. Like they're really being challenged and confronted with their faith for the first time. But the coolest thing is that a lot of students are owning their faith. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the home they come from, the background they come from, right? Because we, we all, like, we have some students in our ministry who their parents aren't saved, right? Their parents aren't Christians. Their parents aren't going to lead them spiritually because they don't know Jesus. Mm. And so, but they're, they're taking ownership of their faith. They're, cool. they're really committing to follow Jesus no matter what, um, no matter what the cost, no matter what they face, no matter the situation they find themselves in. And that's just been, I think, really encouraging to me. And I would say for parents, like, that desire for spiritual growth mm. is there. Mm. Like if there was any hope, like it, it's it's like all you got to do is just turn the faucet, so to speak. I mean, you don't even have to turn it much. I mean, they are ready yeah. um, for to just be poured into, right? They're ready for someone to lead them spiritually. They're ready to grow spiritually. And so um, at That's a time good. where, you know, maybe in 2019, maybe there was the overwhelming calendar, the anxiety, right. the technology. I mean, I would just encourage parents and say it, it probably, it's going to be awkward but it probably will not take as much work as you would think. I mean, like, because they're so hungry for it, right? Right. They're just going to eat up everything. They're going to soak in everything. And like, how encouraging is that? Like when you see your child, like 
absorbing something real and tangible in their life, something that's going to matter in the in the grand scheme of eternity. So Amen. I would say that there's hope in that. Like parents, like like they're ready for it. They like are. they're ready to receive it. And Good so stuff. that's what I would just encourage parents with. Josh. Yeah, yeah, I yes, and I, I'm so blessed to be able to since we work closely together in our roles and we see. And we feed into each other's ministries that, you know, we have been able to see um, what God has been doing in the lives of our, you know, and our kids, mm-hmm. students and, and, and adults. Like, I, I mean, I love to to witness that mm-hmm. and we get a front row seat. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to do all the Baptists and you get to y'all, the Baptist. are, <laughs> y'all are busy at 11. So I've been doing all of them. <laughs> um but you know, we, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> I like it too. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, and I, I love to see, you know, if, if if we were to use the analogy, if life is a battle, all right, then then hopelessness is like a full out air assault of lies from mm-hmm, the enemy. Mm-hmm. It is so easy to say, I'm ready to throw in the towel because if you watch things about culture and you see stuff and you're getting stuff from the news and you just see and you hear. You know, there those things do exist mm-hmm. there because there is an enemy at work. Mm. You know, we we are in the middle of spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. But I will say, from what I've witnessed, um, uh, I am seeing God still do an incredible work mm-hmm. in the lives of our kids. Yeah. And I think there is a hunger, and I think there has always been a hunger. Yeah, that we're seeing for kids. For kids, like in my thing, that they just want to know truth. Mm-hmm. They're seeing it in a way more simple form. Yeah. But they're like, I know that I can't, like, stuff is not making me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, these relationships, and as we, especially as we get into those preteen years, like they're trying to figure out hormones and, and trying to think, they're <laughs> like, how do I feel about girls and how are the opposite sex? Like, how do I? How do I feel about that? But it's still not making me happy. Mm-hmm. Like it feels good, but it's not making me happy. Mm-hmm. And there we see this longing that they're we're trying to plug in. They'll do it with video games. They're mm-hmm. trying to do it with this because sometimes it's like, well, if I'm not going to be happy, it's better to be numb. I am mm-hmm. watching because when we get a chance to speak truth, to present the gospel, I I present the gospel every Sunday at every lesson. It is this is not absent from anything we do on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And we see our kids actively respond. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not the big altar call, but we do see my kid came home mm-hmm. and we talked. It's because there is a hunger there. So parents, there is a message of hope in this because God is still at work. Yeah. And your kids are still very hungry. It might be disguised. It might be masked. Mm-hmm. But their kids, they're seeking truth. And they want to know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Somebody just has to tell them and to show them, you know, the fields are ready. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to go do the work. And for it's me, if there's 168 hours in a week and I'm getting them for one one put write down that fraction. Yeah. One over 168. And you right. tell me how good you feel about that percentage of time. <laughs> right. There, right. you know, that's why it can't just be me. And that's if I get them every week. Yeah. You know, we you parents, like that's what we want to encourage you is because you can lead your kids. You can do it mm-hmm. because well, let me rephrase that. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Right. 
And But guess what? The Holy Spirit is there willing and already working in the lives of your kids. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just needs the open door mm-hmm. to do. So have those conversations. Be willing because your kids want to hear it. Yep. And we, as a church and our ministries, we are seeing the fruit. Yep. Mm-hmm. We are absolutely seeing the yeah. fruit of this. Amen. So have the conversation. Speak up and speak boldly. Yeah. So what's been clear to me is there's times that you just you observe something and you can't help but note it, right? Yeah. God is clearly moving among young people. And so as we talk about these different difficulties, and we start off, as you said, talking about anxiety. So anxiety, there's all sorts of anxiety. If you think of a student right now that this was their senior year or something and and they were going to be in band or they were going to be in their sport that mm-hmm. they're best at and trying to maybe go play in college, something like that, and they're just missing that, mm-hmm. right? So those two things don't happen independently of each other, right? There is there is a clear movement of God mm-hmm. among young people, and there's a clear, I would say, vacuum in the lives of people that um, would be doing other things. They would have those busy calendars. And so we've already seen some movement. And so what I'd say for hope, because that's what we want to talk about, right? We start out with difficulties. And I would say for hope is that even the ones who right now you may have a student who is buried in anxiety, depression, whatever. I mean, something like that or emptiness or sorrow because they're missing something. I'm saying there's a movement of God right now mm-hmm. among young people. Mm-hmm. And so there is absolutely hope for someone who has a student that is going through those difficulties, that's facing something terrible. Because what we've seen is a lot of the world stripped away and you're kind of just left alone in isolation and you don't always get to be with people. You don't get to hang out with your friends and stuff. And so there's a realization that there needs to be something more Mm -hmm. because all these temporary things can be taken away. Right. And so do they know God then? And so that's, that's really the hope I would say is, uh, you know, there's always hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like there's a pause in the world where people are listening. Mm -hmm. So that's a hope that I have. Mm -hmm. Anything to add? No, nothing for me. All right. So we went from difficulties to hope. And now we're going to talk about partnership because uh, we want to talk about how the church intersects with um, what people are experiencing, how mm-hmm. how we can partner. So uh, we'll start with Josh. If you could cast a vision of what it would look like to partner with parents to raise godly children, uh, what would that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, this really is my sweet spot. Um, you know, we've, I mean, even like my, even the seminary degree that I have, focuses on family equipping mm-hmm. like that that that's where where, I, where we went i think we'll be talking about seminary stuff later on we will two episodes god <laughs> um, willing we always say god willing nowadays. god willing right <laughs> mm-hmm. um so so for us you know a vision i mean must be there it, it sets the course mm-hmm. and you know one of the first things i did it's be my two-year anniversary like this month you know one of the first things i did is we put together a vision statement and my vision statement goes like this, you know, it's, the, it's to partner with parents and walking alongside their children to show them how to fall passionate in love with Jesus and follow him mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's what I want to do. Now, that is a, that's a phrase. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, a phrase is only a phrase without action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so what we want to do is we, we have done a lot to create an environment where it's not just about, you know, we're, we're not... We're, we, Kids care and kids ministry don't belong together. I don't do kids care. Like there are moments where that happens, right? When we do like events and stuff. Mm. But like on Sunday mornings, we are actively engaged. When stuff goes home, 
we want to make sure parents are included in the conversations that happen in our classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have pumped out communication channels and to, and to do this stuff. I am feeding this information because parents, I want you to be involved. Like you have to be included. Mm -hmm. So make that distinction here. clear. You're saying you're not just there to be like a babysitter. Right. Right. What are you there to be? We're here to be a partner. And so, so we are going to walk your kids through scripture. Mm -hmm. And then what I want to do is to equip you to continue the discussion at home uh, as you are going and to dive deeper. Because trust me, kids have questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and you think about all the times, you know, you want to lock yourself in the laundry room because your kids are drilling you with questions. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The same as they'll drill you with questions about YouTube videos is the same thing they're going to ask questions about scripture. Mm -hmm. right. So for us to partner together, what does that look like? We want to make sure that the conversation always stays open. Yeah. That sometimes we'll just picture, here's the church over here, you know, here's the church, here's its steeple, open the doors, you know. So anyway, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so there's the church, but then we and then we can draw our house over here. And sometimes we just think like, I go to church here, but everything else happens over here. Like, and unless I'm going to church, I'm not actively, well, we got to remember, church might be written on the building outside, but the church is the people, it's mm -hmm. the community. And something that's real big for us, we talk about life groups here and having that community. We need that. What I want us to see is, you know, it, it's like an outlet and a prong, like, you know, that we need to plug in for each other. Mm -hmm. Like we need the home needs to come over and we are plugged into the church. So we are actively talking about things because the enemy never takes a day off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he is going to be coming after your kids. Matter of fact, he doesn't even take Sundays off. He is actively going after your family, mm -hmm. and he wants you to separate. We need that plug-in, so you need that conversation, even though sometimes it might just seem weird. Mm -hmm. We need to have those weird conversations to say, we're always talking about how do I always have a, an open conversation about God in my home? Mm -hmm. You know, with that, we need accountability. You know, well, I want to open that accountability door and it's say like something I will always tell parents, like if you need help reminding you to talk about your kids or to do a devotion, if you're going through a devotional book, if you need that, if you need me to send you a text message, I will. Hey, have you done your stuff today? And I do it without shame. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. And, and I do do that for some families. And that's okay to have that. And if it's mm -hmm. not me, please let it be somebody else. Mm. Because that is important. It is a what I want to do is to create a thing and say we are part. We are linking hands with you. We are linked arms together. So you've raised a good distinction because I think a lot of times the view people have is, well, I will bring my children to church, drop them off where I can have you know an hour or so without them, and they'll be babysat, and then I'll just go and that's where they'll get their Christianity. Whereas the vision, and I remember when you're interviewed and things and uh one of the things that I, I appreciated having young children myself uh was thinking that you are going to be pouring jesus into them and then also you will be expecting me and, and not just expecting but partnering with me to pour jesus into my children i think that's a distinction a, uh, an important distinction between child care exactly not that you don't care for children you're going to care right, for them. you're right, going to right, take right. care for them but you're going to pour into them and partner with parents to pour into them exactly all right, what about you, Bryson? Yeah, so in partnering with parents with students, right, you get your junior high, high school, it looks, starts to look a little bit different. 
So we do this, uh, Josh and I work do this event every uh, August um, for the grade that's coming into uh, the junior high ministry. It's just kind of that bridge event transitioning from elementary now to junior high ministry. And um, it's a big step for parents, right? Um, like as you very much so well know, um, it is. It's a big moment. It's a it's a growing up moment. And so we we're off. We're there. And Josh has this um, illustration he does um, as he's talking to the parents of. He brings up uh, Elliot's tricycle or not bicycle, tricycle bicycle, bicycle with yeah. uh, training wheels and stuff on it. And as he's talking, he's describing it. And, you know, and then he's kind of taking off the the training wheels. And there does come a moment where, especially in junior high, high school, where where your children just become a little bit more independent, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you may still you know cook for them, do their laundry, drive them, but in some ways they're growing into their own independence. And so our vision is a little bit different. We say that we're leading students to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And that leading, it's kind of that idea of like, right, when you're teaching your child to ride a bike, you're holding on tight to them, you're right there with them, I'm not gonna let go, I'm not gonna let go. And then at some point, you kind of have to. You like parent like as a parent, like if you allow yourself to be the thing that your child builds their faith off of, that's it's just not helping them. Mm. You have to let them go. Sometimes they're gonna fall, <laughs> sometimes they're gonna crash into the bush, right? But sometimes they're also going to, you know, soar off and, and head down that path. For parents, right, though, you have to keep going with them. You have to lead them down that path. You have to show them what it means to be a Christ follower. So we, I mean, we have like a parent resource page that we have on our website. We try to offer some just, here are some really practical things to do because it can be awkward, right? It can be, I mean, I can I can say even for me, sometimes talking to students, I'm like, okay, this is awkward. Junior high students, they're straight up awkward, let alone being a parent trying to have that moment of a spiritual conversation maybe for the first time. But um, but yeah, I think this is something that we're really um, hoping to do more of as a church. So like we're working on a, uh, a family conference in March, um, March 7th, I think, um, just a Sunday night where we can bring Lord willing, Lord willing, we uh, where we can bring parents and students together to just really create that family environment, really kind of like talk to parents, talk to students. Um, just equip them and just just be encouraged, you yeah. know, uh, to go out and to live um, as a godly life, like live a godly life as a godly family mm. um, in a, an ungodly world. So it's yeah, good stuff. And I'm I'm uh, trying to figure out if you're in trouble with Josh now. You uh, why? I think it's an unwritten rule. You took another preacher's uh, bicycle analogy. I don't know if you're allowed to steal another preacher. I don't know if I'm analogy. allowed to, but I gave him credit. Okay, you did. Right. I at least and gave we credit. We do do the event together. Yeah. Okay. So, right, so I'll give him. Just making sure he didn't I'm, seem he didn't just seem looking too, out too for offended. it. <laughs> he didn't seem offended. He'll have words with you afterwards. That's but, fine. Uh, do y'all remember that moment when uh, your your parent let go of your? Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. I have a scar across my chest. I've got it all over my knee right yeah. now yeah yeah no really i, I literally I have a scar it's bad i think i was like five or six and my mom actually sorry my mom listens to this and so my mom told me a little fib that she wasn't gonna let go and uh and i go down this hill and sure enough she had let go and Ooh. i looked back and i like panicked and like slammed my feet down and i was just uh, we're still working through that, aren't we, Mom? No, <laughs> no I, have a, I have a wonderful mom. And so, uh, anyway. She just scarred you a little emotionally. Just a little bit. Future yeah. podcast discussion it, yeah. of closure. That's right. Well, we should bring your like, mom on the podcast. I should. That'd that would be, be really fun. Be fun. Would I would be, enjoy that. We'll, we'll think about what we're going to talk about. Oh, not on the parenting one. Me and my mom, <laughs> me and my mom uh, we have... Uh, 
I don't know if we'll call it polite disagreement sometimes on parenting. I think a lot yeah, of people... Yeah, but she's a grandma that. now. She so. is, and she's my mom, so yeah. I'm going to have to respect her at all times. We'll bring her on for something okay. different. Um, so then when I think of uh, this conversation, though, in partnership, by the time they get to me, my goal is to help them be individual, um, completely independent adults walking in Christ. Not that you don't have mentors mm-hmm. and not that you don't go to your parent for guidance and stuff, but... Boy, if they're about to go to college, then mom mm-hmm. and dad aren't going to be there. Mm-hmm. They need to be a self-efficient Christian, right? Yeah. A self-sustaining Christian. Right. And so kind of to start that process, you and I have the senior life group mm-hmm. that we've started where we go through eight principles that um, any any Christian yeah. should have to to walk in their adult yeah. faith. So that's um, one thing. But but before they get to that point, um, I think of Proverbs 22, 6, where it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so what I want parents to hear is that there is an expectation in Scripture. This isn't pastors just saying, you all need to do this. This right. is Scripture saying to train up your child. Um, and that could be super intimidating for a lot of people. And I'd just like to simplify it, right? Sometimes we make Christianity so complex uh, and we worry, well, mm-hmm. I, I need to do all these different things. Do the basic things, right? Take them to church. Mm-hmm. Read your Bible. Pray. Realize you're not going to be perfect. A, a, a parent's not. We're going to yeah. mess up. Then do something we yeah. want them to do. Confess. Yeah. Offer forgiveness, yeah. right? All those things. You look like you're going to say something. Jackie Hill Perry, she has something that she talks about reading your Bible and praying in terms of with your children. And one thing that she talks about was, you know, she's like, I don't read my Bible on my phone. She goes, how do my kids know that I'm reading my Bible versus playing Candy Crush? You know, she's <laughs> like, they have no idea. That's a good point. And then there's this idea of don't just like pray like for someone, but pray with someone. And so, you know, and of course, I'm sure she would admit it's not perfect. You know, no, no, no one's perfect in their pursuit of Christ. But, you know, let them see you reading their Bible, mm-hmm. like, you know, your Bible, excuse me, like pray with them. Like I remember... Like, so my parents, like, we're not, I love my parents. They don't listen to this, so I can say this. But, like, my parents, you know, they Check kept. Jacob, be sure to send it to them. Yeah. They kept us. <laughs> yeah, you don't know my parents. Uh, but, you know, my parents, they raised us in church, but they never showed us at home what it meant to follow Christ. And mm-hmm. I remember my dad had a really transformative moment when I was, like, 20 years old. And I remember I would wake up early, like, well, not <laughs> early. I would wake up and I would, you know, head to, you know, get ready for school. And I would see him at the dining room table reading his Bible. Mm. And even as a 20-year-old adult, like just something like that just hit my heart. Like something really resonated with yep. me mm. when seeing that. It just, it meant so much. And, you know, like for me, there was like, I wish I'd saw my dad do that when I was five, you know. But in saying that, though, like it means a lot. It more does. than I think we realize. So like don't just read your Bible in front of your kids just for the posterity of it. Um, but let them see. Like they're going to model what you do. So if right. you pray with them. Pray for them, like read yep. scripture with them, show them what it means to say the Bible. So let me add this to it. It's things are a lot harder if you fake them, right? If oh, if sure. I just am gonna go, okay, I hear you all, I hear all these pastors saying do this stuff. I'm gonna go fake it so that my kid will no, just genuinely pursue Christ. Yeah. Genuinely pursue him in the simple ways which are the spiritual disciplines of mm-hmm. reading God's Word, prayer, uh, going to church, sharing your faith, doing those things. Um, if, if we do those kind of things and bring our children along with us in those things, because mm-hmm. what we've really been talking about today is a realignment of priority. When we're thinking about parenting, it is saying, if you want to raise godly children, then pursue God on your own and mm-hmm. bring your kids with you. Mm-hmm. And it's really not more complex than that. 
But it may mean cutting out things that, oh, we like that too. Yeah, mm. well, that's a good thing, but God's a great thing. Mm-hmm, and and right. cut out, sometimes we've got to cut out those good things because we want to pursue um, God. We want to pursue what is more important, what is more lasting. Um, and then to think of just this partnership that, Josh, you mentioned that statistic. What was the fraction again? One out of a 168. Yeah, so the church is never going to replace what can be done at the home. Mm-hmm. And if they come, that one out of 168 to church, if you get them, as you said, every single week, we're never going to be able to have the impact that a home-pursuing God is. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would say that church should be the supplement. Mm-hmm. Not saying don't make church priority. Make it a priority. But we should be the supplement to what God is already doing in your home. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want to raise godly children, then pursue God yourself and bring children along with you. And you're right. And something that you should do, if I could add, man, you know, we, we talk about this word, pray. You know, you need, you know, pastor reminded us in staff meeting not long ago that we need to have our alone time with God. Like that mm-hmm. will, that like, go to church, that's great. Do all these things, great. But nothing can replace your individual relationship with the Lord. All right. So definitely have that. Like, don't take away. In those moments of having that relationship, pray for your kids. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When you start recognizing their struggles and their frustrations, man, just put that on the altar before God Mm -hmm. and say, I don't like... So because there's things that you can change, but God is the one who's going to work. And if I can just tell the story, when when I was at a previous church... You know, we had a we, we were seeing some cool things happen in our preteen ministry. One of the things that we came is we had a, a sixth grader, sixth grade boy, who was who was a superstar on the baseball team, and was just you know great kid and doing all this. He just it consumed all of his time, and the the parents were they noticed this, and they didn't know how to change it. Well, they started praying about it together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it was just simple prayers. What can I do? Well, one day they came home, they were going to pick him up. It was a Wednesday. They were going to pick him up to go to practice. They found him. He was slumped over their grill in the driveway. So, you know, if you think about that as a picture, like, a, I assume the worst here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they squilled the top, you know, and like all got out and ran. He's sobbing and they're like what's wrong they're like is he impaled like yeah. on the grill i mean they were really thinking worst case you know he stood up and he says i don't want to go to baseball practice mm-hmm. and they're like what's wrong are you sick are you hurt or anything mm-hmm. like this and he says i want to be at church mm-hmm. and they were just kind of like looking at each other like you know what? What happened? Did did somebody? And they said, did somebody make fun of you? Did did somebody on their teammates do something to you? And I asked him. He says, I can't explain it, but the Lord is telling me I need to be at church and that I shouldn't be on the baseball team. Wow. Um, and this happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> in different stories, but in the same like month, this happened. But. It, I chalked that up. The parents were seeking the Lord in this. Mm-hmm. They couldn't provide an answer, and the Lord provided. Mm. And the kid was like, I don't care if I don't get to play. Like, I need to be in church. And 
you know, they call the coach and they, you know, the coach is like, well, if he doesn't come to practice, does he get to play? And they said, okay, that's fine. And then the coach is like, no, wait a second. Now yeah. hold on. Right. You know, like, <laughs> you know, and it happened here and they, you know, it worked out and every so they, Wednesday night. So they sought God then. They didn't know how to do it perfectly, but they sought him. They sought him. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, and every word they probably could have said in that moment would have failed. Mm. But but the first words that they knew that they had to do was bring it before the Lord. Yeah. And when they brought it before the Lord, you know, sometimes we forget God is not dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is not just this this something over here. He is a living and active God who is speaking. You know, we said it before, God is at work mm-hmm. and he can do this. Yeah. So bring your concerns, your cares, and cast it mm-hmm. upon the Lord because he can take it and yeah. provide a way where there seems there is no way. Amen. And do all that with your kids. Amen. Yeah. Bring them That's along good. with you. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and share with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And if you're in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we would love to have you come visit our church. We have two worship services on Sunday, and we have small groups that we call life groups for three hours, actually. And you can do all those in person or online, and you can find out all about our church at fbcofallon.org. That's fbcofallon.org, and we will see you next time.